Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of the Coleman's Podcast. I'm Quentin Joyce and I was lucky enough to talk to two members of the Croydon Camogie Club over in London. We talk about their Guinness World Record, what it's like to play over in Britain and much, much more. Sit back, relax and enjoy the podcast. I'd like to welcome Rachel and Katie from the Croydon Camogie Club over in London. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Um, So how did you first get into Camogie when you were young? Rachel, do you want to start? Yeah, um, I think I was in third class in school and one of my best friends was playing. So I said I would try it out. Yeah, I, I was pretty much the same. I was in third class as well. And uh, we started up a little team in the primary school. And since then, I've been playing. Was it hard to let go of the club you were playing for before moving to London? Yeah, for me, definitely. Because, uh, you know, the girls that I was playing with were the girls I grew up with, went to school with. So I think... It was a bit nerve-wracking walking into a brand new club. So, yeah, definitely uh, Roscommon Gales holds a strong place in my heart. I have all my gear over here with me. So, yeah. Um, I had kind of taken a little break from Camogie while I was at um, college. So um, I think from growing up and knowing how great it is to play with a team, I thought it would be the best way to make friends when I came here to London. Was the transition between England and Ireland all right for you or was it tough at the start? I think for anyone it takes about a year to settle in. Um, Like I moved over straight after college um, and I didn't join Croydon until about a year after. Um, But yeah, the transition, although it's so close to home, it is is quite tough to get settled for the first year and and figure out where you want to live and kind of what you want to do over here. But it's probably one of the easiest transitions as well because it is so close to home. But Rachel, I don't know, what do you think about the move across? Yeah, I agree. And I think actually joining a Camogie team has made that transition a lot easier because all the girls are in the same boat and everyone has had to start out. So they're the girls are really lovely, really kind and make you feel really welcome. Um, and we often have players that have never played before. Um, and they're just so supportive of those people that are not so confident with the game, which is really great. Did you research the club before you went over or was it something that you came across by chance? I had definitely researched because I was like, I'm going over with my Hurley and making friends. <laughs> yeah, same. I had a, I had an email sent to Bridget about six months, I'd say, before <laughs> I even moved over. So I was uh, well ready to go. Uh, I just didn't join, end up joining for a while, but yeah, well researched. Can you tell us a bit about the club in terms of achievements over the years? Um, so we are actually one of the longest standing Camogie clubs in London and we were founded in 1986. Um, in the, um, well, originally we were based in Croydon, um, which is a little bit more south than where we are now. And then over the years, as the Irish community kind of moved more west we're now based in kind of Clapham and Tooting which is in southwest London and over the years we kind of played in intermediate level and senior level and most recently we won the intermediate um, championship so we moved up to a senior grade since then but we have senior teams and junior teams so we kind of accommodate all levels of playing and I think one of the coolest things that we've done was that in 2008, we broke a Guinness World Record for playing Camogie for 24 hours and seven minutes. And we did that in Royslip, which is kind of the Crow Park of London or Britain. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, what was it like to join a group and a team that you could relate to over in England? Oh, fantastic. Like, exactly as Rachel said, everyone's in the same boat. You know, everyone's so supportive of each other. It's like being at home sometimes. You, you don't even realise you're in the middle of London um, with all the girls. So, yeah, it's it's absolutely fantastic because you meet people that know people from home. There's always someone who knows someone and everything. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely a good move to make. Yeah, and I think as much as everyone loves to play camogie, they also like to have a bit of fun as well and have a good time, which is great. Is there a strong community in the club? Yeah, I think we have girls that have been playing with the club for 10 to 12 years. Um, And over the last, I think in the last year, one of our greatest achievements was the amount of people that we recruited who had moved over to London. And we've really grew our numbers in the last year or two, which is really great. Um, And everyone is just so keen to take part. And um, we had our AGM on Thursday we elected our new committee and I think the difference over here is that the committee and the club is really run by the players um so everyone really steps up and takes takes on a role in that which is really good yeah and I think even obviously we have the Instagram page and like for girls that used to play and don't play anymore like we've got a lot of players that live out in Australia but they'll always comment and you know send back messages about like their Croydon memories so yeah the sense of community is like extremely strong even if you're a past player Everyone holds Croydon uh, to a good, good fun memory, I think. Well, is the competitive level in Britain compared to Ireland? But is there any difference? No, I, it's hard because exactly as Rachel said, it's all player led and player managed. So it is quite tough, you know, because, you know, we're asking girls to commit to a team and then manage it. And people have full time jobs over here. And um, some people have kids and stuff. Um, but the, the competitive level is very strong. You know, we have every type of player we have like county players we've girls who've never played before so I think over here um junior championship is very good because it gives girls who've never had a chance to play an opportunity to come in and you know show their skills um and then also like the senior championship is very tough like competitive levels you know but you've got like some of the best players from Ireland living across here so it is quite tough um and I, I Rachel I don't know if you've ever played intermediate with Croydon but I'm sure it was a tough uh tough team as well so yeah the level the competitive level is very high um but the junior junior championship is there for anyone who's just not as much into that competitive side um we all I suppose from a like league and championship point of view we have a junior in Britain there's a junior senior and intermediate league and championship um there's quite a few teams in London and then there's a few teams in Birmingham and Manchester so we'd often travel up to them or they'd travel to us. So it's um, usually a big day out for us. How many members do you have? I think at present we have over 50 members, um, all in our kind of senior division. I think there were plans maybe to try and start juvenile teams, but haven't really got there yet. Um, are there any players that have not emigrated over from Ireland and that are from England playing with you? Uh, um, I think we've got one girl, do we? Chloe? Yeah, we definitely have a um Chloe. I think she may have lived in Ireland for a bit and she'll probably a come bit, up yeah. forever. But um yeah. <laughs> people that maybe their parents were Irish, so they grew up kind of knowing the history and the game and then wanted to kind of give it a go over here. 
Do you think that the Camogie Association should do more to promote playing Camogie when people immigrate? I mean, I think it's out there. I think um, the Britain Camogie over here do like a very good job at, you know, getting the advertisement out and everything. Um, yeah, I think I think everything is kind of, it, it's tough because if you play Camogie at home, it's probably, you know, something that you just pick up automatically. Um, it's probably harder for someone who hasn't played. But I think I think everyone does a good job, you know, the association. Definitely Britain Camogie do a fantastic job at making it welcome and, you know, for everyone. So, yeah, I think uh, I think they're definitely doing as much as they can, especially in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but, yeah, I think they're I think they're doing a good job. I think as well, um, when you're at home and if you haven't emigrated, then maybe you don't really know how big Camogie is around the world. Um, but as soon as you do emigrate, I think you really it opens another door and you really get to see just how there's Irish in every corner of the world. There's a lot of controversy at the moment, especially with Shane Duffy and James Clean about them receiving sectarian and anti-Irish abuse. When you arrived over from Ireland, did you ever experience anything like this or even anything in the present? Um, I no, haven't. <laughs> no, I can't say I have. If anything... Um, like when we're traveling to games, we'll bring our hurleys and helmets and all our gear on tubes and you'd often get a few looks and um, but more out of curiosity. And eventually someone will be brave enough and be like, what are those? <laughs> um, but other than that, no. Yeah. I think the new normal is definitely something affecting everyone in the sport. Is it hard not being able to see your friends, clubmates and not being able to play matches or train during COVID-19? Yeah, definitely. Because in, in the first our second lockdown over here um there, there was a little gap where it opened up um and it was just such a relief you know to be getting out to train them once or twice a week and seeing all the girls we had to do everything kind of within COVID restrictions so it was obviously socially distanced and everything but it was just a nice break to get out of the house um you know it didn't feel like you were in the house all the time so yeah definitely looking forward to getting back as soon as possible yeah how has the club been affected by COVID-19? Were there any dropouts in numbers or was everyone itching and excited to get back? Um, unfortunately, yeah, a few girls have had to move home um, kind of for job-wise and, you know, some some people just wanted to move home. So we have, um, we've lost a few girls that, you know, have joined recently. But then also to flip it, there's been girls that have signed up during the pandemic that we haven't yet met. Um, so we can't wait to get them on board. So... I don't think we've been too badly affected. Um, but yeah, it's a shame when, when girls have had to move on because of this new normal, as you said. In terms of the team, who is the person who gives the best, most powerful speeches before a big game? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. If we don't give Alison Colin a mention for that now, she'll be given out. Uh, <laughs> I'd say between, um, between our two captains, so we've uh, Alison Colin and Patty O'Keefe, two core girls, of course. Um, they're they're good for now speech, and I think our new chairperson Ashleen Sheehan does a a good halftime speech as well. So yeah, I, I I don't know Rachel, is there anyone else that I'm missing there? I think I'd have to add um Keelan and Angela as well. They were really yeah. the best of our club for the last couple of years. Who's the funniest or the biggest joker in the club? <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you want to take that one, Rachel? Oh, I think, again, we have quite a few contenders for this. Um, but last Christmas, Alison Collin was voted um, Cork's funniest person. So I think the award may go to her again. <laughs> yeah, she's a, 
she's the runner with that award at the moment. But, you know, we've got new players, so we'll see how it goes this year. She might be knocked off her crown. If you had one moment to go back to when playing for the club, what moment would it be? Um, Probably all of them, just to get back out playing, to be honest. Yeah, that's, that's the good one, all right, because I say everyone <laughs> back, so I'd say anyone would take anything at this point. Literally. So how can people get in contact with G for any queries that they might have about joining? Yeah, so we do have a website. Um, you just need to Google Croydon Camogie. Um, there's a website there, and then it'll give you kind of a link, I think, to the email and the phone number. Um, we also have Twitter. I think we're just Croydon Camogie. Uh, Rachel, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, oh. Our Instagram as well is Croydon Camogie. So you know, send a message to any of those. And then we have a Facebook page as well, which is all Croydon Camogie. Um, so if you ma- message any of the socials, any of the emails, um, the girls get back to you within like a couple of hours. So yeah, if there's anyone, even if you've any questions or anything, like just pop them over um, and any of the girls will get back to you. So Perfect. So uh, thanks a million again for coming on. Um, I've learned a lot of new information. Hopefully our listeners will too. Brilliant. Thanks a million, Quentin. Once again, I'd like to thank Katie and Rachel for taking time out of their schedule to come on and talk. It was great to get insight into the world of JA outside the four provinces of Ireland. Contact their Instagram at Croydon Camogie if you're interested in joining or for any question you may have. As always, make sure to tune in to future episodes to hear us talk to Waterford manager Liam Cahill and former Cork hurler and mental health advocate Connor Cusack. Go check out our website at comanspodcast.com for our blog section, behind-the-scenes photos, and much, much more. Also, keep up to date with our latest podcast and interviews on our Instagram and Twitter at Coleman's Podcast. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, everyone. All the night.